Welcome to Weaver Beyond the Numbers, where Weaver professionals talk about business and accounting. We'll explore a wide variety of topics from tax law and accounting standard changes to managing cyber, fraud, financial, and operational risks. What do these issues mean to your business? Join us as we go beyond the numbers to find out. Hey everyone, welcome into Weaver Beyond the Numbers. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the show. Today we have a really exciting episode. We're going to be providing some guidance for people who are joining a not-for-profit board. We're going to be providing some critical information, some things that you should know as you join that board, and maybe answer some questions that you might have. And joining us to provide uh, some insight into this area is Kirby Ross. He's the partner for tax services at Weaver. Kirby, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Tyler. really appreciate the opportunity. Well, I'm thrilled to have you on the show, and I'm excited to uh, to provide this kind of information and guidance for for folks. And so, Kirby, let's just uh, kick things off. Uh, just tell me a little bit about yourself and your work for not-for-profit organizations. Sure. Just briefly, a little bit about myself. I've lived in Oklahoma for most of my life in Oklahoma City. was actually born in Abilene, Texas, and then uh, my parents moved around a little bit and ended up in Oklahoma City. So I went to high school and college in Edmond, Oklahoma, just a suburb of Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. And then I've been a CPA in public accounting now for almost 25 years. Started out my public accounting career as an auditor, and we um, just auditing mostly rural hospitals in Oklahoma, Texas, and Kansas. Just traveling, you know, staying a week at the different places, you know, learning a little bit about um, hospitals mainly and nonprofits, you know, on the audit side. And then after a couple of years of traveling a lot and doing things, I moved over to the tax side and started working with all types of clients. So this would be for-profits and not-for-profits, you know, partnerships, corporations, um, individuals, and then really with nonprofits on their tax returns, the 990 returns, kind of informational returns about the organization and different things. So worked heavily with 990s there. At Weaver, kind of the types of nonprofits that we serve include um, arts and culture organizations, foundations, private schools, health and welfare organizations, faith-based organizations, senior living organizations, and then social and recreational clubs. And then just the services Weaver provides to nonprofits uh, includes financial statement audits, Form 990, 990T, 990PF returns, financial statement analysis, fraud investigations, internal control evaluations, risk assessments, valuation services, CFO advisory services, employee benefit plan audits. So a little bit of everything. So anything and everything that a nonprofit might need Weaver provides that service and is really good at it. Um, we just have a lot of experience with that. It's kind of a general background. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I think that that background is important and helpful for people just to understand when it comes to uh, the knowledge that you're providing here on on the podcast today. You know, and I think for a lot of people who are maybe, regardless of how much professional experience they might have, if they're joining a, a not-for-profit board for the first time, that can be an intimidating experience, right? So what are some of the biggest challenges in your mind that, that are facing new board members and, and people who are in this position? A lot of it is, you know, whenever you join a board, a lot of times you don't know anything about it. Somebody may just approach you and ask you if you want to be a board member and it's like, okay, that's the thing to do. And you kind of jump into it. A lot mm -hmm. of it is just knowing what your responsibilities are as a board member. You know, there's a lot of things that you may not know. And you know, maybe somebody doesn't tell you depending on what type of organization it is, how, how big they are. So I think knowing what your responsibilities are as board members is kind of the most important. Another challenge would be just learning all aspects of the organization, learning about what, what it is that organization does. If, you don't, if you're not really familiar with it, you know, trying to dive in and just learn as much as you can about it before you join. Another challenge really would just be, it kind of goes along with just kind of as you learn aspects about the organization, is determining if there's any legal claims or anything pending against the organization. You know, just trying to find out the whole body of work about it, what what they do, is there anything negative kind of associated with it you need to be aware of as you come into it. But that's that's kind of the three main things there. 
Absolutely. So you just gave us three things, but what are the top maybe three things that new board members should be aware of when starting this volunteer role? If you had to name out three things that, that maybe they should think about going into uh, going into this process. The first one would be, you know, kind of understanding what the legal responsibilities are of being a board member. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more than just kind of showing up and being part of things and it's easy. There are, there are legal responsibilities that you have for being part of a board and being kind of a fiduciary you know, of an organization. So that'd be the first. I think second would be just kind of what is expected of you as a board member and mainly, you know, such as attendance at meetings. Is there a financial responsibility that you have? Do you need to serve on committees? Are you going to be responsible for fundraising and other things? I think that'd be important to kind of know. Mm-hmm. Then another thing to be aware of would just be kind of goes along with the you know, previously, just but understanding what it is that the organization's mission, you know, what, what is their mission? How do they work to fulfill it? A lot of that can be by you know, reading over the organization's bylaws, you know, maybe even reviewing their most recent audit report, visit a site that they run to observe how they carry out their purpose on things. And then just kind of, and we'll talk about this a little bit later too, but just making sure that the organization is current with all of its tax filings. You know, that's just kind of things to be aware of that you're stepping into a volunteer role, but there is a lot of responsibilities to it. Absolutely. You know, and you started off talking about legal responsibilities, which I think is really interesting. And I want to hone in a little bit more just on, on that in particular. So why is that so important to new board members? And, and that might be the one that, that caught me off guard more than the other two, you know, just understanding legal responsibilities. Can we dive into that in a little bit more in depth and explain why that's so important? Board members are fiduciaries. You know, they have a fiduciary responsibility whenever they join and they're, they're part of managing an organization being on a board. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of board members, I think they're not aware of the fiduciary responsibilities that they have as part of the organization. They may look at joining a board uh, more as a uh, marketing opportunity for themselves and maybe for their business, instead of really focusing on, okay, now I'm on this board, what are my fiduciary responsibilities for it? Directors and you know, board members can be held personally liable for any decisions that are made. And it's really based on three fiduciary duties as far as being held personally liable. The first, and I'll just read them and then I can kind of go through what they are, um, but it's the duty of care, the duty of loyalty, and duty of obedience. Those are the three fiduciary duties that board members have. And the first one, duty of care, is just, it kind of describes the level of competence that is expected of a board member and it's the duty of care that an ordinarily prudent person would exercise in a like position under similar circumstances. So kind of a broad deal, but that's the general general um, effect of it. It's making informed decisions by knowing the law and uh, the requirements for the nonprofit organization, keeping up with its daily activities, and then basing all of your decisions on this knowledge that you've gained from them. Hmm. And it's, you know, duty of care is to exercise reasonable care when a board member makes a decision on things. The second one would be duty of loyalty. And this one requires uh, members to act in good faith and to pursue the organization's best interests. This includes full disclosure of any issues that could cause or be perceived to cause a conflict of interest. Also, members are not to take opportunities away from the non-for-profit for their own personal gain. So no personal gain. It's to protect the organization's confidential information. Um, you always want transparency and you always must act in the best interest of the organization. Hmm. And then the third is duty of obedience. This requires board members to be faithful to the organization's mission, and you're not permitted to act in a way that is inconsistent with the central goals of the organization. You have to manage donated funds to fulfill the organization's mission, and um, it requires board members to follow the law and all of the organization's internal policies and procedures. Uh, you must always comply with federal and state laws. So that's kind of the three you know, fiduciary duties. Also, boards have a responsibility to ensure that IRS form, the 990 form, is filed timely and accurately discloses financial information, including any conflicts of interest. And a lot of people think you're for a not-for-profit, so I don't have to pay taxes. You know, there's nothing with taxes. And that, that may be true. 
but you still have a responsibility to file this tax return and to file the the 990 informational return. And then you can owe uh, taxes if you have unrelated business income and some other things that may be for a, another topic. But ensuring that those things are filed correctly it can be a big deal. If you don't file those things, you can lose your exempt status and there's penalties for late filing. So a lot of things associated with filing, filing 990s. And really, directors and kind of board members can only be held responsible for breaches of fiduciary duties if the breach is due to recklessness or willful misconduct. So if you follow the rules, if you kind of get informed and follow the procedures in place, you're going to be okay on it. But just to know what those are is important, being that you're in a fiduciary role with that organization. Right. So a lot of information there, but it's, it's a lot more than you'd think just coming in and, and you know maybe joining joining an organization, not being aware that, okay, there are legal responsibilities here. And just go in kind of wide, eyes wide open and informed. Uh, to know kind of how to be up to speed on those things. Absolutely. But I, I think it's important for people to, to know those things because of uh, the vital importance that, that, you know, they represent to those organizations. And so I think it's, it, while it is a lot of information, I think it's worth pointing out and worth people being aware of for sure. And, and one of the other things that you pointed out that, that people should be aware of as they enter into a, a board position like this is just knowing the expectations, um, you know, and, and having that um, that awareness of, of what's expected of them. Can you expand on that a little bit more as well and just how that uh, can help better prepare board members for their role uh, on a board for a not-for-profit organization. I've been on oh, a couple of different boards and some kind of are, are extreme opposites. You know, one provides you a lot of information and you kind of know ahead of time. The other, you kind of come in a little blind and have to follow it. But mm-hmm. a lot of organizations will provide orientation and training for new board members. And so I would urge all you know new board members to take advantage of any training that's offered uh, to go through and really kind of have them kind of walk you through what's going to be done. But typical expectations of a board member, you know, would be uh, meeting attendance, you know, where every board member should make it a priority to attend all board meetings and functions of the organization. It's an expectation that board members will be informed about the organization's mission, services, policies, and their programs. So just being aware of what what all is offered. Review the agenda, supporting materials prior to all board meetings and committee meetings, just being informed. A lot of times they'll want you to make a personal financial contribution to the organization and maybe a small donation or you know even a little larger for some. So being aware of, of that, being an advocate for the organization is an expectation. You know, they want you to, to be proactive and, and talking about the organization. You know, an important one is following conflict of interest and confidentiality policies. And usually those are circulated each year for um, conflict of interest and you have to take a questionnaire and you kind of have to fill it out. Uh, but really being aware of those. Reviewing the organization's financial statements every year is, is a big deal. Review uh, bylaws. You know, if there's an annual board retreat, being a part of that, making sure you're, you're, you're including whatever's going on that you want to be a part of on things. And then just review of the 990 returns prior to filing. You know, making sure that all have been filed, copies are posted and available to the public on the website. You can lose your nonprofit status if you don't file these things. Uh, you can be reinstated, but that's a whole nother cost and fee that you don't want to have to have to worry about on things. But even smaller organizations, a lot of them, if you're below a certain threshold, you know, you may not have to file a full 990 at all, but you still have to file a 990 in postcard. You know, just being aware of what's out there and uh, you know where you can keep up with what's going on and what the status of things are is is important. Absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Now, one of the other questions I have is just that as you approach maybe that first board meeting um, as a member of the board, what sorts of things can uh, would you recommend that people do to, to prepare themselves for those board mem- board meetings? And, you know, are there any financial documents or anything like that that they should request in advance just to make sure that they're informed and up to speed on things? Yeah, there are. I'd say before you go to that first board meeting, just kind of preparing for it, a lot of things you can do you may have already done before you accepted the, the board position, but you know, reviewing the organizational documents, reviewing the bylaws, 
I think getting a copy and reviewing the most recently filed 990 return, it's a public information requirement to, to post out there, but just reviewing the 990, seeing what, you know, kind of what all disclosures are in there, what the financials look like. I think if you get a copy of the most recent audit report and management letter, if, if an audit is required, is, is really important. The management letter as part of the audit, you know, it was important. It'll list any deficiencies, any warnings, you know, anything that, you know, management needs to be working on, on things. But I think reviewing that, if there's not an audit out there, review the, just the most recent quarterly statements available, you know, just internally prepared statements for financials, mm-hmm. just reviewing those. So you can kind of be aware if there's any questions that come up, you can you can ask them during the board meeting to make sure that, you know, answers are accepted uh, are, are acceptable to you. And I think, too, if you can visit, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but visit an organization site to determine kind of what it is they do and what they how they accomplish it, you know, kind of get a feel for what what's going on. And so I think anything you can do to that knowledge-wise to get some um, kind of background you know, before that first board meeting, uh, just so you're informed and can be aware of things. You may not bring anything up. You may not say anything that first time, but just to be aware of what's going on and what potential issues might be. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fantastic point. Just to just to make sure you're you're up to speed with everything that that's going on in those areas. And you know, as you approach that first board meeting, I suppose one of the things that board members should also be aware of are you know financial and, and governance policies. Uh, what sorts of things do you, would you expect that uh, board members should maybe in, inform themselves and educate themselves on when it comes to uh, those financial and governance policies uh, before attending their first board meeting? Board of directors have, they, obviously they have a fiduciary duty, but they have a, a duty to ensure that assets of a charitable the organization are used in accordance with donors' intent and in support of the charitable mission. So that's one thing to kind of remind themselves of as they're attending a meeting, just making sure that everything kind of follows suit to that. Part of it is just as part of uh, financial and governance policies, you know, an organization must maintain minutes of all board me- uh, board meetings and committees. Any committee that's authorized to act on behalf of the board, you know, you have to you know, maintain minutes for transparency. Uh, you know, review the conflict of interest policy each year and complete a questionnaire about any conflict. So before your first meeting, you're probably going to have to complete that and you know, make sure that there's no conflicts of interest that you have with anybody and review if anybody else does on things. One oh, kind of another governance policy is to approve the CEO's compensation and, mm-hmm. uh, and benefits and determine that that kind of compensation is appropriate, not excessive. And that's annually done. And a lot of times, depending on how the size of the organization, you can do comparative studies for salaries and other things to make sure it's in line with things. But that's that's a that's a big kind of piece of what of what they need to do. And we've talked about this, you know, reviewing the 990 before it's approved and filed. You know, just ensuring that all returns have been timely filed. You know, you can lose your exempt status if returns are not filed. And we've had clients before where you you come in and realize that they you know they don't believe they have a filing requirement, and so you know they they haven't filed and they're exposed to be able to lose their exempt status. So the process of going through and getting people caught up can be expensive. You know, with penalties and just the the, the fees that are charged to get everything filed and, and caught up on things. Sure. But it's also important policy to have a whistleblower policy that protects people. You know, if they come forward with information. And also kind of let them know who they can contact within the organization, you know, if there's an issue that comes up that they're concerned about. Document retention policy, destruction policy, and also gift acceptance policy. Those are kind of some of the financial and governance policies that board members kind of need to be aware of. I, I suppose when when it all, you know, when we boil all of this down, board members are really key to the success of, of any organization, especially in, in a not-for-profit setting. So as we wrap up today, Kirby, I, I want to close on just, um, you know, you explaining some of the benefits of joining a not-for-profit board. Uh, what, what are some of those benefits and uh, and how would you lay that out? Yeah, the, you know, we kind of it's kind of been um, you know doom and gloom a little bit talking about all the different things you have to keep up with and the responsibilities and legal requirements, but there are a lot of good things and a lot of them, you know, it's kind of simple what they are. 
you know, a lot of it is just you're giving back to the community on things, mm-hmm. you know, and especially if you find something, uh, you know, a board that you're kind of passionate about or a cause you're, you're passionate about, you know, it gives you a chance to really give back and be part of helping people on things. So it sounds kind of simplistic, but it's really, that's really a major benefit to it. Um, a lot of it too can be a great learning opportunity. It's a chance to learn more about how to govern and then leadership within a board and within an organization that could help you, you know, in other way, er, other areas of your life and in your career for years to come on things. So I think that's a big part of it. Just supporting something you believe in is important. You know, it's kind of hard to be too passionate if you don't really believe in what it is you're doing. So I think even before accepting mm-hmm. a position on a board, making sure that, okay, this is something I want to do. There's a reason, there's a connection there. Either you went to a university, you know, if you're associated with that or you have somebody that's that's gone through a similar situation that this nonprofit helps. I think just just being around something that you really find that's rewarding is good. And it really, it just increases your leadership skills, being part of things, making decisions, being accountable to things. I think those are all really good things and benefits of being on one outside of just traditional, you know, where people might think of it as a marketing tool and other things. It's really being involved and finding something you're passionate about and, you know, making a difference for others on things. That'd be the main things. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good way of putting it, especially after, you know, we, we go through a lot of the um, a lot of the weeds on, on, on some of these things and things that people should be aware of and financial documents and taxes and things that people should think through. But at the end of the, at the, end of the day, it really is uh, about being a part of something on a larger scale. And you just want to make sure that, that you have all the information you need to carry out those responsibilities effectively and to do the best by these particular organizations. Because like you mentioned, it's about giving back to the community and being a part of something that, that you're passionate about at the end of the day. Definitely so. Definitely so. Well, fantastic stuff. Kirby Ross, partner and for tax services at Weaver. Kirby, where can people uh, get in touch with you, find more information if they have questions, if they want to reach out uh, and maybe at, learn a little bit more about not-for-profit organizations? Weaver.com. Our website has just lots of information on nonprofits, podcasts, you know, kind of our webcasts, webinars that we do that we put on for, you know, specifically for different industries, for nonprofits, different things like that. So a lot of information through there that can be accessed and looked at. Fantastic stuff. Kirby Ross, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast today, explaining a little bit more about uh, important information people should have as they join uh, the boards of not-for-profit organizations. Kirby, thank you. Thank you once again. Okay. Thanks, Tyler. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for tuning into this episode of Weaver Beyond the Numbers. We're thrilled to have you uh, join us for this episode. For more content just like this, you heard Kirby, go to weaver.com. There they have more podcasts, uh, more uh, webinars, things along those lines that can help educate you, inform you, and uh, give you the, the the stuff that you need to be able to carry out uh, these responsibilities effectively. And of course, uh, you can always reach out to Weaver there on the website as well if you have more questions. But stay tuned for more episodes of the podcast. We have more insights coming from the folks at Weaver very, very soon. But until then, for my guest today, Kirby Ross, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for listening. 